Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, Episode 6. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. For all of the resources mentioned in this episode, check out our show notes at rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode six. In this episode, Eric explores the altered state of consciousness he calls the in-between. Develop the essential skills necessary to achieve this state and recognize the signs that your consciousness is shifting. This is the realm between dimensions where energy manifests, and when you enter this state, you experience reality, much the way Frodo did when he put the ring on in Lord of the Rings. Enjoy! The in-between is a state of consciousness that is neither here nor there, and I know that sounds strange, but... I often refer to it as the moment that Frodo puts his ring on. Um, almost literally. There is a level of intensity to it that you can get that extreme. And, you know, that is, uh, I would say unlikely, but that's not true. There was the last time I did it, which was in Sedona, which was the first time for a large group. Uh, there were certainly people who went very, very deep versus other people who went uh, a bit. And even a bit is something you never forget. Um, going in between is, the, the first thing is you, you have a different sense of environment. It's, it's almost uh, as if things take on a synthetic feel. Um, it's like if you have a regular glass of water, there's a sense of knowing there's a 7-Eleven cup next to it if you have a 7-Eleven cup. And if you were to touch that cup, you know it's going to flex. There's a certain feeling to it without touching it that you mentally acknowledge. When you look at the glass cup and you go in between, it's as if everything has that 7-Eleven plastic feel. And the meaning behind that is that reality is not what it appears to be. So when people begin to, to... play around with the idea of the in-between, it's almost as if you have to have a good sense of spirituality and a good sense of, of self before you start kind of pushing your mental buttons as to what's real and what's not. Um, you certainly, there are people who said, oh, I'll never go in-between, I don't you know, believe in that, and blah, 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 and you know, I've tried and tried and it never happens, and then they get into it and they call up higher balance, and they're like, I've been in it for four hours, make it stop. Um, so it's always amusing, but not amusing. Uh, the same thing goes for, you know, uh, uh, when we have people do tones. You know, we get people all the time saying, I don't think there's any tones or anything, and then they'll call up, please make it stop. So the in-between is a place that 
you could say that is the realm between dimension where you could have entities or where you say, you know, um, spirits may manifest from. Where is it they go? Where do they exist? Why don't we see them? Okay. Uh, or you could say in, in a more of a, a scientific approach that there are other dimensions parallel to our own. And when one moves in between, your consciousness moves in between. And therefore, your sense of hearing, your sense of smell, your sense of taste, uh, it, it begins to change. Uh, one of the telltales of shifting in between is you'll start to get like a metallic taste in the back of your tongue. Um, it doesn't quite taste like anything that I could specifically say, but if any of you guys have put a 9-volt battery to your tongue, it's kind of got that, that kind of funk taste. It's like that, but milder. And it, it seems to always be from the, the regions of the back of the tongue, which I suspect has to do with what portion of the brain is being activated or starting to, to, to shift more or less, and it's probably affecting the, the neural system. Hearing can change also. Uh, sound can be extended. Uh, so where something would be like one, you might hear it as one. It's almost as if it's, it's like something slows it down almost to hear. Uh, you become more aware of stuff. Like for me, I can feel the, the crackling and the, uh, pressurization of the building just now kind of, I don't know if you guys heard the sound or not, but to me it's a little bit louder than normal. Uh, and I'm kind of playing around in that state. So I always say I feel like, you know, oh, it's a semi-mushroom trip. Now they're all going to think I'm giving mushrooms or something. Like my buddy from the Grateful Dead said and when I told him that, he's like, it's too expensive. Nobody would do that, you know. Uh, that was funny. <laughs> anyway, so the purpose of the in-between is to allow one to shift their consciousness into a sensory level to become more aware. So if one believes in a house being haunted, there are a number of things I would teach to kind of dial into whatever's going on there, okay? Walking in between into that, in an in-between state of mind, it's like everything takes on a, uh, an extra strong hue that would be not of this physical realm that we pretty much predominantly exist in. So if there was a presence or an intelligence that was unearthly, it's as if it stands out to you more than everything else that feels more plasticky or synthetic because you're, you're kind of slightly stepping out of this kind of state of mind. You tend to feel more with your chest center. This is a, a place that I teach that's an intelligence. You have your brain, you have your, your intelligence in your chest, and mainly women notice this the most, but it's like when they say a woman's intuition or a gut feeling. Uh, there's another intelligence down here, and they're all three are, are different, but they're, they're all intelligence, like they, they have their own way of identifying or knowing things. And so the chest, in my opinion, is the strongest spiritually. And so when you see stuff like the movie uh, Donnie Darko and it's extending out, okay, it's as, as best an example that I could give for something like that uh, for people to visualize or to uh, interpret what's going on. So there's things that I teach like feels like, and that's the essential or beginning training to doing that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leap into that a little bit. And one of the things I want to say to those who've been around the block a little bit longer with the HBI stuff, I'm really reaching out to new people, so I don't want you to feel like I'm going over stuff that you guys know already, or I don't want to bore you, but it's very important that we kind of reach out to other people uh, beyond the, the inner circles, per se. 
Um, how many people in here do not know when I say feels like in the sense that I mean, how many people here do not know what that means? So it's experiencing something that you're not using with your, so your physical eyes, but your, your heart maybe? Your... All right, you're good. Now, <laughs> now let me yell at you and hopefully you won't throw that thing at me, okay? <laughs> and then I'm not yelling. But uh, this is one of the things I battle all the time is that people think they know something and it's not like I'm trying to be up here saying I know more than you, but I am the guy up here. But anyhow, the, the point is, is that's what's holding people back from having really profound spiritual experiences. When people say things like that, it's, it's with good intention and nobody wants to draw attention to them, okay? But in the same token, you're, you're really taking these really important, what seem like little things or unimportant things, that really could change your, your whole vision spiritually. Let me, let me be clear, everybody is in this room for one reason. You knew from early on that there was an important thing about your existence, that you were here to serve God, the universe, let's call it what it, you want, okay? That there is a divine connection to your existence where you were to feel like I shouldn't say that or you know people think I'm special, yada, yada. I don't care about any of that. What I care about is that I help you dial in to, to serve the universe. That's how I look at it. That's, that's all that matters to me, okay? And if I can do that, wonderful. Yeah, see, here on my arm, standing. So when I ask people, can you see the aura? And people say to me, yeah, I can see the aura. I'll go like, well, tell me what it looks like. And they'll go like, well, it's kind of like this big glow. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, they're like, well, it's kind of this or that. And I'm like, no. You see it literally with your eyes, literally, like that blue shirt, that white shirt, that jean jacket, the other, literally, okay? And I will still have people tell me, yes, I see that. I don't know why, but this, these are the things that are preventing, it's, I, teach, I could teach a goat to see the human aura, okay? Almost, but for sure. So it's these kind of things that are, are detrimental to whether you awaken in this life or you don't. It's, it's that simple or whether you keep going to spiritual practices and different groups and knowledge because you never feel satisfied because there, there's always this missing element of completion in you. So when I say feels like, as rudimentary as it sounds, it's absolutely critical. So let's start off with this. This here has a feels like, okay? That feels like you're gonna start off by looking at it and you're trying to gauge what it feels like for weight. Okay, and what I want you to do is to become aware of the texture of the bottle. Now, everybody can tell me it's, it's plastic, it's smooth. You can probably feel the rivets up here, okay. Uh, you can probably go here. If you imagine your lips touching it, and I know that sounds unusual to use your lips. If I tell you to use your hands, it's organized in your brain. If I tell you to use any other part of your body, okay, it's, the brain has to now struggle and something else is communicating that data, okay? So the question is, is when you're looking at this and you're feeling the structure of it, I ask you, where are you feeling that information? If, exactly, in your chest. If I ask you to say the alphabet, you'll point to your head. But if I ask you to tell me what this feels like, you do it in your chest. And most people their whole life never are aware of that. When you talk about telepathy or or feeling or scanning something, a sense of something in the room, okay? You immediately 
limit your ability to identify what it is because you, you mentally want to associate that awareness in your head. So you look with your head, you listen with your ears, everything is up here. It's like a big packed ecosystem of data hauling, okay? So to think of something in your chest is almost obscure. The closest thing that's not up here is your hands reaching out. So when we start to utilize our chest with things, and we, we almost drive ourselves nuts. If I, if I go through a bunch of objects, this is now exercising. If you're feeling it, imagine it, take the moment to, to, again, almost like with your lips, touching it or some portion of you feeling it. If you can, feel it with your chest, okay? Put it in your chest and just move it and feel the structure. And then it gets weird again, okay? Everything has a feels like. There's not a single thing that does not have a feels like, okay? If you do this three to four objects in a day for a few days in a row, okay? you're gonna find that your psychic awareness starts to really get highly sensitive. You're gonna start feeling or sensing people coming around the hallway. You're going to uh, potentially start uh, knowing the intention. You don't necessarily know what the words are. Keep in mind, this is the big misconception about telepathy. New Agers, again, have totally destroyed and candy-coated everything, okay? You don't really hear words in your head. It's the same thing as getting a hankering for something. Uh, or a pregnant woman would say, I'm, I'm getting a hankering for uh, chocolate. Well, before you knew it was chocolate, what was the data that you collected to surmise it was chocolate? Where did that information come from? Okay? So if it's pickles, it's the same thing. It, before you, you have the revelation in your mind, pickles, okay? There was actually a sensation in your chest center and a, a desire that came over you in a multiple level way. Telepathy is the same way. You don't necessarily hear words, but you have a knowing of knowledge. You have a knowing of something. And if you learn to, to be more perceptive when that's happening or to capture that feeling and analyze it, very quickly you have a higher level of conscious awareness or psychic awareness, if you will. You know things before they transpire or take place. So, feels like is something I teach in order for people to build that awareness up. And the more that you build it up, you can then identify things that are not necessarily as easily identifiable. That could be, again, phenomena, energy, consciousness of an entity, or whatever, whatnot, okay? Even feeling somebody, if you wanted to know if they had an illness or if something was wrong with them, right down to their intentions, okay? Whether they're good intentions or bad intentions, you will actually feel like this, this overwhelming knowing and you'll be able to identify it. If you don't exercise that, then you're at a loss. Women tend to have a higher level of that ability. And I often say this is because this goes back to primal man, okay, where the men got to go out hunting and gathering and the women had to rear the children, and children cannot talk. They can't say, hey, my big toe hurts. So if they're in pain, they have a sense to know they're in pain, clearly by sound or motions, but they're scanning. They're very in-depthly looking into their child whom they love, okay, trying to sense or feel or identify how to resolve a problem. This over evolution over time creates an immense sensory ability, 
Hence why they say women's intuition. They're dead right as far as I'm concerned. There's a, a sensory that they've developed from that. Uh, same can be said about men in, in hunter-gathering or how the, the mind thinks we'd have to be silent. This is why we kind of give this man look to each other and we're like, oh, did you see that looking? Women do it too, but it's different. And so there, there's a kind of language that is done subtly so we can communicate without scaring the game. But there's also a sensory, which we would call more like astral projection or mind projection, which are the same thing, by the way. Again, New Age had muddled it up, okay? Because we would need to know, in order to have food to survive, to feed the family, we get back. We get back with no food. It's not a good thing. So we'd have to almost have a sense to predict where the game is or where it's moving or where we should migrate towards, which sometimes takes days, if not weeks, to get to. It wasn't like we just went to the grocery store. It was a life-and-death scenario. So when you have stuff that's very serious weighing on you, you will find that your sensory builds very uh, adaptly to that situation. So these are senses that I believe that we have that I call psychic abilities that I think are the sixth sense uh, that I believe are natural to human beings just like sight is and smell and taste and hearing. And I think that all of them are forms of collecting information that expand our consciousness. Everything turns to energy. Sound is turned to energy for the brain. Smell is turned to energy for the brain. Hearing, everything, okay? Sight is turned to energy. So it's just a format that converts it. So psychic sensory is another form of sensing and feeling and harnessing information. But I believe it is the one sense that is the bridge to finding God to finding uh, the presence of the force, if you will, and to integrate with it. It is the sense that gives us that, that step to comprehend the, the incomparable, which is uh, definitively not necessarily organic or matter that we look at in a certain way, that we can listen to music. If we couldn't hear it, there's a certain innate beauty or knowledge that we would be uh, prevented from to a certain degree. The same goes for seeing color or for taste. So all of these things are ways to identify and learn and expand our consciousness. But the one that I believe is the most keen to finding the face of God or, or bridging our souls or developing soul to, to move forward into the universe is the psychic sense. And by developing that, I believe that psychic phenomena and spirituality are two identically uh, different things. I believe spirituality is a whole other level of amazingness, if you want to call it that, phenomena is, is completely unique to that which I consider psychic. In fact, Chicago is very psychic energy. East Coast, very psychic energy. West Coast, very spiritual energy, very uh, minimalized psychically. And that has to do with plant life and the environment and moisture and structure. But it's a lot to talk about. Are there any questions I have from anybody? Go ahead. Hi. Um, I was wondering, you were saying before that there is a separation between psychic ability and spirituality. Yes. Um, with going in between, is that more of an act of spirituality or is that a psychic ability? Very good question. It's, it's a tough one because, you know, it, going in between is something that I never in, would have thought in the past 20 years of, of teaching that I would ever bring to a new group of people. It's, it's almost sacrilegious. It's, um, even, even now I'm kind of wrestling with myself, honestly, like, you know, am I really going to do this, okay? Because this is kind of like a very deep spiritual place, 
and it takes a certain kind of Zen state of mind to really get the most out of it. And you can have people who really will reach a limited level and be dismissive of what's going on and prevent themselves from really kind of going deeper into it. Uh, there's fear, there's anxiety, there's the unknowing. This is not something I'm comfortable with, what's going on. Uh, so there is a Zen level to it. And what I've learned from my experience with people is that you know people will take it to the notch that is their comfort zone. If you allow them, they'll, they'll go deeper and others will, will stay at a certain level. But they usually all walk away with, okay, that was something really profound. I'm more interested now than I was before. Spiritually speaking, I think that any act of life is spiritual. Let's, let's just come from, it, from that angle first, okay? When you begin to separate from what we consider the normal aspect of our day-to-day -day life, we begin to ask more profound questions of the meaning of life, okay? And that can be seen great sorrow in life and tragedy. We ask ourselves those questions to great beauty, to a, a vista of, of nature from a, a valley site, okay? When you experience something like going in between, the, the first thing is it's unlike really anything that you can say it's like this or that. In fact, the process is almost a little bit difficult at first because you're questioning every inch of the way, like, am I going to get to do this or I'm not going to get to do this? So you're, you're again fighting that monkey brain, as I call it. Uh, would I consider it spiritual? I would consider it profoundly spiritual. So I think that if you were to go in between in the right setting, and that would be near a creek or in the forest with sunlight coming through or anything that already is a, is a presentation of, of beauty, in a, in a way that's not man-made, concreted out, okay? You're gonna see color in a way you've never seen color. You're going to, to literally feel as if you can feel sunlight in a way that's not just heat. In, in either case, it is, it is a, it is a, I mean, you can, there's, I, I've taken a student when I was younger, very, very, very deep, not really appreciating the extent of what this could do. And he went so deep that, a stag in the forest came out of the forest. I mean, it was huge, okay? Literally was probably closer than I am to you right now, okay? His, his mind merged with the stag. He could feel like, like we're doing feels like, imagine it 100 times stronger, okay? So he could feel the, 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 the muscles, the, 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 the body you know, shape and everything, the heat coming out of the mouth and everything. And he got to the point where he could not coordinate his body and fell, okay? Uh, I have taken people in between very deeply, and we went out for a walk around a lake. And it's a man-made lake. And all of the, um, uh, uh, I forget what they're called, marinas, terinas, or whatever, they're, they're, they're not like, um, they're, they're kind of like water rats, but big. I forget what they're called. Nutria. So all the nutria, I mean, like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine of them, we weren't even aware of it. We were talking, and we just, it just happened to, like, consciously go down, and they were all around us, not harming us, just sitting there about two feet away from us. Birds had flown down. I mean, just animal life. Where, where do you get this phenomena from? Do you know? I mean, it's, it's just unworldly, but beautiful. Uh, you, so, so it is in that state of awareness. Is that spiritual? I, I think so. Okay, 
Does it bring you closer to the force or the, to the universe to say, this is so real, I, you know, I, I, the questions I had in my life or how I've wandered from my, my spiritual path, it's, it's renewed. That's what I hope it does. So is the in-between where we go in-between lifetimes? No. We call it the in-between because it's, it's a, a sense or what I call a veil of how you perceive reality. So right now we can see everybody in this room. And we don't question what we're seeing, what we're doing, what we're hearing. I mean, it's all pretty mundane and normal. When you begin to move into the in-between, uh, you at first begin to have a sense of something's a little different. You can't quite put your finger on it, okay? Uh, there then is a sense of wanting to snap back to normal, and then sometimes the drive for it to go further can snap you back because you are looking for how do I how do I get a hold of this? It's like an ice cube melting. You don't exactly grab a hold of it. You don't want to. So it's it, it's like reverse thinking in a way. So what will happen then is that I'm going to go through a series of steps that some of you will get some of it. Some of you guys will will get other pieces of it. It doesn't matter. And you want to basically self-observe, self okay? Uh, and it's, it's a, how do you explain the in-between? You know, it's been 30 years at this, and it's still difficult to explain. You, depending on what level you are, that's the question, okay? If it's very subtly, you're going to simply notice that there's differences, differences in how you feel. Your skin might get a little cold and clammy a bit. You, your talking will be a little bit off, your hearing might be a little bit different, or it might be spot on, but you're looking around and you're beginning to see distance further. You may see um, movement in a way that is accentuated. It becomes not normal, okay? The further you go can emphasize that. It's like a richness in detail. It's a richness in, in, in your sensory, okay? In some ways, I think it's almost like a dullness, but it's because you begin to focus on one of those sensories coming forward almost. And you want to control things, but you realize that you just kind of got to go with it and, and take it in, okay? If some of you guys are able to, to move into that place, I mean, anything is possible. You begin to see molecular structure. You can literally go up to a wall and you will see the, what I started off with talking about seeing the, 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 what I'll call the force, the energy in the room, but you then will begin to see definitively little particles and you'll even see them shoot and spiral off. I mean, it's just mind boggling. And nobody's drank anything that I've given you or, or anything like that. So, you know, I don't want somebody like, hey, okay. Um, you will begin to have observations to a level that is surreal. If I was to call it anything, I would call it entering a level of surrealness. And that's kind of where I would leave it, is that the level of that surrealness will depend on your comfort zone of, of letting yourself continue to move with it. What I normally do is I let people go outside once I think that they're starting in that momentum. And the thing is, you'll think, oh, he's sending us outside, but I'm not sure if I'm fully there. No, it keeps winding. You know, I'm moving you out that way for a reason, okay? Um, and you're going to want to branch off from other people because you're going to start, you start feeling people, okay? Uh, it's, it's hard to say, but you know, uh, well, I hate to bring up LSD, but for those of you guys who may or may not have done it, 
you, there's a thing that if you do an LC with somebody else, you look at them and you go, you're there too, you know? And they're like, yeah, you know, like y y it makes sense, okay? It sounds crazy, but you're kind of like in this weird kind of frequency almost. And at first I thought, well, it's because you're all tripping, you know? But there is a, uh, uh, almost like your, your brain's kind of firing in a similar way. So how you perceive stuff, you see it in the reaction in them. So you, you, you both are, are kind of neurosynapses kind of firing in the same way. So it's true that you're in the same place in a way. So you begin to feel that. For the most part, I would say it's about self-observation is what I would really push for tonight is that you are self-observing the fact that you can experience this and that phenomena is happening for you. And the reason why I would want you to become aware of that, because I think everybody in their spiritual journey, there is this constant reminder in life saying that, that you know, this doesn't exist or that doesn't exist. There's this constant uh, crystallization, I call it. And when you have something affect you in such a way that inspires you spiritually or, or opens up the possibilities of, of confirmation on a new level, something unique or fresh or different. It inspires you spiritually to, to pursue or progress or to become a brighter spiritual being, if you will, a, a greater light in the universe. And so that's mainly what I would want to go after. It's one thing to sit in a room and kind of move in between. It's not, uh, it's not ideal. What's ideal is to, to orientate yourself with your, your senses and kind of what's going on. Um, you know, I don't want to give anybody the impression that you're going to see something insane. It just depends on your ramping up. Just take it real easy. It's, you're going to just get familiar with kind of an unusual feeling. It can get more intense if you keep playing with it, okay? So that's why I'm saying if you go with that state of mind and you go out and you look at objects, you're going to notice that you're getting intrigued by it. The more you let yourself go, the more it's going to exemplify that effect, okay? If you ground yourself into uh, talking or something that's going to be uh, grounding, then you're going to bring yourself out of that. It's like you're functioning in your day-to-day -day system, and you're going to bring yourself to that state of mind. Definitely, you will be able to decide whether you're going to unthrottle yourself to go a little bit deeper. And how you do that is you start simply saying, hey, there's shit going on. The second your brain starts to become aware of it, you begin to move deeper into it. Now, if any point you're like, I'm not comfortable with this, or I don't feel good, one, go to bed. You're going to wake up perfectly fine. That's what I always say, worst case scenario. This isn't always very helping if you got to drive home. Uh, two is, you know, just sit down. Um, turn on the radio. I, you know, I used to, when I did a big event in uh, Hawaii one time, I was just like, and I was like, okay, Madonna, brought me right down real fast, okay? Uh, you just need mundane mechanicalness that your brain will orientate to. Turn on the TV, have people talk to you. There's going to be a part of you. I mean, everybody right now is shifting. Whether you believe that or not, or for suggesting, just by me shifting, it's already happening. It's, it's a very... Um, synergistic thing, okay? It's, it's hard to explain. But anyway, so you're, you're going, just step out of the environment you're in if you don't like your state of mind, engage in anywhere the bubble on the planet, 10 feet away, go to subway, go to where, and you're gonna find after a few seconds you're, you're back to normal, and you're gonna wanna go back and you're not gonna remember how to get back, okay? That's one of the, 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 the challenging things about it. If I had to say what my strategy would be, the more I think about it, would be I would probably start walking back to my, my room. 
uh, you know, just in your, your bedroom space, the hallways, the, the building space, all of those things are, are great spaces. The idea is to get you guys from being condensed together and being able to fan out so you guys can kind of explore where your mind is. Because if other people engage you, just a simple conversation can kind of bring you down. So you want to kind of make sure that you're able to, to stay in that zone as long as you can, getting as much out of it as you can and taking it from there. Um, some people may decide that they want to go to the room and meditate in that state of mind after you've kind of actively moved around and, and taken it in. There's a certain vibe that certainly stays with you. This episode was recorded at a free Higher Balance event in Chicago. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat of the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour, the fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window, seeing the reflection of the glass of myself, a metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees and the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it, so I did, reaching my hand out the window touch it. I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand and the warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken, knowing that sometimes when you want to find something, you don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to. You see, my hand, it moved against the wind, pushing, weaving, feeling it, touching it, and the sun warming, soothing, healing. Somewhere in between, I flew. Higher balance. We think outside of the box. A new kind of spirituality, a new kind of meditation a revolution in consciousness. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 